0: Solidarity forever, solidarity forever, solidarity forever, for the Union makes us strong. When the Union's inspiration through the workers' blood shall run, there can be no power greater anywhere beneath the sun. What force on earth is weaker than the feeble strength of one? But the union makes us strong. Solidarity forever, solidarity forever, solidarity forever, for the union makes us strong. Taken untold millions that they never toiled to earn. But without our brain and muscle, not a single wheel can turn. We can break their haughty power, gain our freedom when we learn that the union makes us strong. Solidarity for. and gallant minor boys who work in underground for courage and good name.
1: (laughs) Well, welcome this morning. Let me see if I got everything recording, going right. Okay, I guess I do. Uh, Welcome uh, to Labor Beat Radio. And um, my name is John Case. Uh, My compatriots here are not... Uh, J.B. Christensen and uh, Scott Marshall. Well, they're not here this morning probably because uh, I was late and uh, reaffirming our return to the schedule. I got cancelled uh, two weeks in a row actually by uh, uh, potential interference of Comcast uh, which is our provider here and uh, they were doing work in the area but the snowstorm cancelled one of their days even though I canceled the show because they told me to do Anyway, it could happen again today. I don't know. So I'm just going to go ahead and uh, to try to do my best. It opened up there with uh, trying to find a song in the public domain. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Pete Seeger's uh, covered there. And every time I do something that's, uh, you know, even if it's 50 years old, somehow, it gets circulated on Facebook or one of the big tech platforms I get some copyright warning so I can't do that anyway um, so I you know I play mostly stuff that is in fact <laughs> open source um, uh, so even though it's internet radio the radio providers don't seem to care Uh, and neither do the podcast, but I, you know, I I don't do Brent, I I probably have vented a couple times, but I don't think more than that. Um, This morning, I want to cover um, kind of a belated Martin Luther King Day uh, commentary that um, is based um, on a... um, to get to it here yeah based on a uh, an article um, actually a, a blog post but it's an article um, by tim taylor uh timothy taylor <laughs> and uh he is a um editor of one of the most prominent uh economic journals uh the journal of economic Perspect- perspectives and in addition to being the uh editor for, geez, must be at least a decade, maybe two uh, now. He um, performs a very useful, uh, I forget which university he's on the faculty of, but um, uh, he he performs also a very useful summarizing role in translating some of the latest, you know, uh, papers, Uh, technical papers and policy papers and uh, papers of all kinds submitted to his journal um, on a wide range of topics. Um, So he uh, summarizes them, and sometimes uh, if they're in a little bit too, um, I don't know, Uh, circular verbiage. (laughs) In other words, well-known amongst a small circle, but outside, um, self-referencing gets a little bit hard to penetrate. Anyway, but he does a good job of, uh, you know, sometimes rearranging the the lingo so that uh, ordinary people could get... Oh, here comes Scott? There we go. Um, But he's been a... um, well, let me let me pause here while I get my brother here onto the uh, onto the screen here. There you go. Hey, good morning, Scott. Hey, how you how doing, you doing buddy? I got. um Hopefully, Comcast won't shut me down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, don't, but oh, uh, come on, Comcast! No, it's un- unbelievable. They, they one week they they said they were going to do it. And then the snowstorm came, and they didn't do it, um, or a big snowstorm, whatever. It wasn't that big, by my. I, I, maybe I lived in New England too long, but. Um,
2: I don't know. Looking behind it, it, doesn't look like it's gonna snow.
1: Yeah, I know. Well, that's that's an enhanced picture of the Shenandoah <laughs> River there. Um, <laughs> well, I was I was going to. Um, <clears throat> um as a topic this morning sort of a belated uh, martin luther king day um oh. topic um there's a a journal editor called uh timothy taylor and he uh he's from the university of minnesota but he is an editor of one of the most prominent economic journals um called the journal of economic perspectives And um, in addition, he runs a blog, which is um, pretty good at uh, making sometimes technical papers, you know, and stuff, and analysis that's in some sort of one of those (laughs) circular lingos, right? That professors like to talk in. Um, He makes them conversable and sort of translates them. Does a good job at at summarizing, um, and he's. Not particularly um, biased about, um, what, what do they call them? They call them the um, heterodox ec- economists, <laughs> which, which includes everything from, anor- from um, you know, behavioral to Marxist to uh, everything that doesn't fit into, the, you know, the Larry Summers, Paul Krugman universe. Um, but, uh, anyway, but, but he takes a, a, he takes a more, you know, roundabout approach, but anyway, he summarizes the progress that has been made in African American actual equality economically, uh, since the civil war. And he has a, a couple of interesting, uh, the data, you know, uh, has a, <laughs> some pretty interesting um, features. One is, is that the sharpest increase in wealth, um, probably measured in just in terms of land or property uh, possession, um, took place immediately after the Civil War. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, where there was a sharp increase. And basically, since then, There has been none i mean it's gone up and down a little bit you know in various kind of ways i mean there was a bump in the late 60s and the composition of it changes are there more so-called middle-class people after the 60s in the african-american community yes yes there are okay but you remember you know the, the the rise of of a certain amount of anti-racist culture right through the 60s and afterwards at least in big parts of the country maybe not, not everywhere okay but um coincided also very shortly after by by seven, 1972 or six but the latest just picture reagan running out of, out of the yeah. governorship in DeKalb. With the beginning of this big globalization, you know, de in the U.S. kind of push at, at a little bit later time than the upheaval of the 60s. But, but um, you know, it's like the wind down of defense jobs from the Vietnam era, right? And then the loss of industrial... Um, Just sort of leaking it all over the place, right? (laughs) All over the world, really, and um, and then so all these things then combine, and it gives you if you look at the actual distribution of wealth from let's say eighteen seventy three or four in that area, you know, eight or ten years after the Civil War, all the way through. you know, you see a, a little bump, you know, in the uh, late forties, early fifties, which is kinda when the working class in general went up, okay, because of unionization, you know, for the from the thirties. But uh after that and it starts to go screwball again and it's right back <laughs> it's right back where you were in eighteen sixty, you know. bye. Wow. Mm-hmm. I I I thought that 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 that's just a powerful data statement of uh the history of US capitalism, really. I mean yeah. what else can you call it? Um it's, it's just uh
2: Yeah. Well, you know. know, it's 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 interesting because um all of the fight back stuff that's going on now in the labor movement, um a lot of, particularly young African American workers are coming to the fore, you know, in Starbucks and Amazon and right. a lot of these organizing drives, and I think that's uh, that that's a hopeful sign.
1: Uh, cause, yeah, absolutely. Because
2: you know, they, they you know, and and uh, and I think you know, it, it the the crap that's coming down in this in the selection um, oh Jesus! About <laughs> cri- critical race theory and all that stuff—it's horrible, but it's promoting a ba- a fight back. It's really getting a lot of people, especially African Americans, more involved in politics and more ready to fight. I think.
1: And, well, you're um, seeing um, uh, might- uh, um, an, uh, also an upheaval on campuses. Um, yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, Bears on this question uh, again, mainly just because of the you know the racial aspects of this war on the Palestinian people, you know, and yeah. or the or the Israeli really Palestinian conflict, and um, and how South Africa immediately almost comes to that they they to them it's obviously an apartheid-like situation. That's the exactly. environment, right? I mean. Exactly. And probably nobody knows better than them how people feel when they're in that environment. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I just except uh, maybe, you know, the enslaved peoples of the United States.
2: Yeah.
1: So I just, uh, it just the fact that, you know, no, it's not that no progress has been made, because there has been political progress made right but the fact that the economic structure just keeps uh turning everything inside and out and reproducing the same kind of uh relationships that that were there before maybe in a different formation a different configuration but mm-hmm. one thing is for sure it's bigger <laughs> than it was yeah. <laughs> wow
2: well you um, know and that's that's why we've always Talking about me and my party, I've always said that uh, the fight against racism is central to the class struggle, and uh, and again, I I think um, you look at these movements now and and th- th- they're anti-racist. The labor movement's anti-racist, and that's moving in in the it's right direction. Be- so that's a hopeful sign.
1: Well, I think that's one of the the. I mean I think the labor movement made that transition started to make it certainly after you know the gradual disappearance of Lane Kirkland can I say
2: yeah, cool.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he just faded into memory and gone yeah. <laughs> but after um, you know when Trumpka and or John Sweeney and then uh, Trumpka took there was a you know the uh, a big shift you know than as early as uh, um, Walter Bruther, right? You know, yeah. I mean, when he uh marched with Martin Luther King, uh, yeah. that was a very important step. And when King, man, I listened to that speech from Memphis probably more than any of the others <laughs> that uh, he ever gave, yeah. and for lots of reasons, obviously, because of its momentous prophecy that he obviously had already heard there was a, a gig out to kill him. Yeah. Right. In that city then. In he, that city. I mean, clearly that he knew yeah. he'd heard that, you know. So
2: well you, you know, I was there for that speech. I oh,
1: were it. you? Oh my gosh.
2: It was, Scott. It was such a moment. I mean oh, my God. And, and the march that followed it, you know, there was a big march. Uh, oh. Out of the church, and down. It, it's one of the most incredible. You know, it was for the um, what were they? They weren't long the
1: sanitation people. workers.
2: Sanitation workers, and the roaring crowds on both sides supporting them, and they weren't all black; they were black and white, right? And, and Latino out there, yeah, yelling support right. stuff. It mm-hmm. was it was one of the most incredible things I've ever witnessed in my life. And, and King, you know, I, I was, um, I was still there when he was shot, and I just, you know, okay. you imagine.
1: Yeah. And it was. Yeah, well, but anyway. I, right, but that, but so that, but that moment where he, he where, and the way he placed the, um, uh, the basic question, you know, he goes, the, he goes on that kind of in Vermont, we would. Call it the long way around kelly's barn (laughs) 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 you know with that uh going from the early civilization all the way through the greeks you know and the renaissance and you know and and uh, you know and then retelling the story of the good samaritan just the kind of perfect fashion right with the message it's not what is going to happen to you or your job, or your church,
2: right.
1: or your friends—it's what's going to happen to the sanitation workers. That is the question. And um, wow, you know.
2: Well, you know, he, he was one of the most incredible speakers of all time.
1: Yeah,
2: <laughs> wow. guy, I—I I, I was on the march on Washington. And I heard him speak, and if you remember that speak God yes, I it set it set so much energy on fire around the country. I mean it was just oh
1: that, that was uh, that speech that turned me on. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. Well, that and uh Bob Dylan's second album. Yeah. I think the combination <laughs> was just like, you know, it <laughs> blew my mind. And um yeah. My old man couldn't stand either one. So that we ha- a conflict ensued. You know what can I say? <laughs> but
2: Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, that's that's interesting that you should bring that up because you know, <laughs> actually the reason that or how I got to, to Washington for that speech, um I was uh I was pretty young then. And uh there was this group called the Southern Student organizing Committee, which was a group of mostly white uh students um, in the fight against racism um, they came out of, they did all kinds of stuff we we went uh voter do voter registration down south and a bunch of places and stuff like that and uh anyway they <laughs> They got me to go. They got me to go up there, and that's what got me all involved in all of this stuff. Was, oh, right. was yeah. that speech?
1: Mm-hmm. speech they, was there was smooth. a lot of. That had spinoffs, right? Because there was a lot of little uh, A yeah. thing called sock. that was. Uh, that's
2: what I'm talking about.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and did it have anything to do with Ann Braden's? Um,
2: yeah. Stuff. Oh. Well, oh
1: okay. Uh, oh yeah, no? yeah,
2: she She, um she was. Uh, she was a total mentor to that group. Uh, in fact, right. okay. she was a total right. mentor to me. I I used to stay at Ann's house whenever I, you know, she started the Southern Conference Education Fund, which was That's basically right. a civil That's rights organization right. to raise money for the civil rights movement and stuff like that. And I was on the board and used to go to board meetings and stay at her house, her and Carl both. I right. mean, Anne, yeah. Anne, you know, has a lot of the, uh, public or more people know about Anne, but Carl was the same kind. I never. Of they were
1: both very active. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't. I never and, met yeah. either one. I don't think. You know. Um.
2: Well, you know that the the thing that um, really kicked off kicked her off into the movement were, or why she became so famous. You know about that, right? Um, probably, she- but
1: I've forgotten it. Go ahead. So say something.
2: Well, she <laughs> she. Um, um you know they were appalled at the segregation and so um her and carl bought a house in an all white area not too far from where she lived and uh and then sold it to an african-american family.
1: oh yeah and that just blew and,
2: things up mm-hmm. and stuff but it really brought a lot of people together with with her and Carl and then that's where um Skeff and a whole lot of and her and that she became I don't know the guiding star for so much of the of the civil rights movement after that. Just, well that crud- issue was
1: the actually the source of the conflict with my father. Because it was interesting because oh, really? he uh he had uh, signed a covenant to buy the house that he owned in uh north arlington virginia that it would not sell to a whole bunch of people (laughs) including african-americans and um he you know he he didn't tell anybody about it or didn't well he probably told his wife about it but 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 didn't but didn't you know and when i i'd heard about that this was happening you know because the movement was starting to raise these questions right about uh redlining and all these other practices in real estate right uh oh, if a black person moved into your neighborhood, the value of your house would be cut in half <laughs> yeah you know that kind of thing, and the neighborhood associations could in Virginia then could successively sue in court uh to block the sale and uh so this so this so this would be a, a it was a would have been a huge challenge to the whole setup right uh if someone did what Anne did um very I, mean, but I remember yeah. the, I remember my outrage. You know, how could that possibly yeah. be? Because you know, my old man was not a personally, yeah. you know, racist guy. I mean, he, I never heard him say an insult to, in front of the kids to anybody. Right. You know. Right. So, but on the other hand, I mean, you know, there's there's all this shit going on, and you're just trying. You know, you're,
2: yeah, yeah,
1: ignore it and pretend it's not there, and then it blows up I'm um, I'm hopeful that uh, somebody can convince Biden to uh, figure out how not to get run over here by um, the wars that's the other thing I'm sure it's on by the way I heard I I heard as a consequence of our discussion we had here uh, locally too that uh, this concern is is rising very high in the uh, mm-hmm. AFL-CIO as well as other places, um, but it's so, uh, you know. I mean, it, it, it turns you almost directly into a Marxist. Okay, uh, if you haven't been one already, you know, to observe how captured Biden is by right. this imperial entanglement in the middle east that's prop that's that's three quarters of a century old now okay yeah. and the oil yeah. industry and the energy thing obviously have their claws and all of it i mean how many rockefeller reps were secretary of state for the past century of one kind or yeah. another <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs>
1: for sure. so i don't know how he I, you know, I don't. I don't believe he he likes it. I, you get all these rumors about he's trying to tell uh, Netanyahu don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, and then just gives him the finger. Yeah. So far, anyway, and I don't know whether, I, you know, I I don't know. But when Dan Kovalik was on the show here, you know, I mean, he, 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 it was interesting. I don't know whether I would agree with him or not. I mean, he was uh, poo in the two state solution. But then what other solution is there? I said, well, well, well none was his position if your call. There isn't one. Because yeah. uh, the whole way, the origin of the thing polluted itself early on, and some, and he says, can't be fixed. Uh, I don't know where you go with that. You're uh, stuck. <laughs> <laughs> can't be fixed. <laughs>
2: yeah. That's, 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 yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, but. Well, you know, and, and, and it, Biden's clearly beginning to feel the pressure at home on this issue. I mean, he, you know, there's oh, so yeah. many people coming out for Two-State Solution and all these demonstrations going on all over the place. And I think he's beginning to feel that heat, too.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's clear he, there's a whole bunch of Democrats that are now uh, in, you know, the, co- yeah. the the so-called squad, but bigger than that, uh, that oh, yeah, I, yeah. I think signed a letter. Um, yep. I think the Af- Af- the Black Caucus, is it called the Black Caucus anymore? I'm, I'm not yeah, sure. I think it is. Anyway, but anyway, I, I think they sent a letter, too, of concern. So I think it's, uh, you know, he, you know. I mean, the argument that no matter what he does, you know, even if he's dead and uh, put him up as a corpse on the ballot, you're still gonna vote for him against Trump. Yeah. I hope we don't have that kind of... (laughs) I guess, does the United States deserve any any grace from God? Uh, I'm not (laughs) sure, maybe, maybe. to spare us well, some of us. <laughs> <laughs> or are we going to have to pay for all of our past sins <laughs> yeah
2: i don't know <sighs> I, I actually uh well you and i have had this debate before but i actually feel pretty optimistic i really do think people are coming together against this crap so we'll see <laughs> but well, you know yeah. I, I, you look at you look at how, how much the labor movement's mobilizing and you know they're already uh we are already organizing uh not door knocking campaigns and how to how to uh have rallies and how to right uh you know encourage people to get out and vote and stuff and that that's all over the labor movement That's that's happening now and i i think that you know, it, that's what it takes. It takes that kind of grassroots mass participation.
1: We had a uh, a guest on the one of the other programs here last week. <laughs> he's a active guy, but he's been living in Nashville, for around all the past, I don't know, 10 years, because I think his uh, granddaughter and daughter lived there. I think he was, <laughs> was going to go down there. But anyway, he, to, he was around here for a long time and uh but he was he came back and he said he had an interesting observation he says you know people in the country in the rural areas of the country like like for example pretty much west virginia here all right have a different idea of freedom than a lot of people in the cities and I, you know i was reflecting on that and there's some truth to that um, mm-hmm. And it's and you notice that, for example, one of the problems in West Virginia is it keeps losing population. Mm -hmm. You know, because people there's not that enough work, right, that is uh, sustainable to. And so people tend to go to where the centers of investment and whatever jobs are. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And the remain those who remain poverty, there's a lot of poverty. Okay. But those yeah. who remain tend to be, you know, just dominated by what's left of capital, which is real estate interests, mostly. Right. You know, I mean, you're, you've got uh, land yeah. and you're going to try to sell, you, you could put housing on it. You know, whatever used to be productive r- real estate is now converted to some sort of housing or just, you know, um, I mean, there's mm-hmm. not much manufacturing. Um, there is actually some since the since the uh, since uh, the Biden and Manchin uh, boomlet in mm-hmm. investment here. Um, but, you know, whether any of that money ultimately that comes from all these big uh, hub investment, whether it stays in the state or the people of West Virginia ever see any of it um, right. like they never saw much of the coal profits to stay in the state <laughs> yes. so i don't know seems like you know i think we got to somehow we got to get socialism on the agenda pal on these elections yeah. so because i don't see any other framework that to talk about the kind of reforms that even if you're talking about a mixed economy which we are i mean anybody that thinks you're going to just uh, push a button and go to paradise is oh, yeah. Well, you know, they're, they're very young, as we know, those people. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> but but nonetheless, and it's great that they feel that way. Uh, on, on the other hand, uh, you know, you're going to have to have, these but you're, the assumption is there's a political coalition that represents a much more representative uh, aspect of the will of the majority of people, which I don't see how you get to through some sort of through working class type of political organizations you know you just don't develop the self-awareness and plus you don't develop the solidarity which is the power that that we have I mean that's our power you know if you're going to try to have every little section of the country make deals with the bosses about what the the lesser evil is all the time well you're not going to spend enough time uniting um you might not right you might you know say you know people are just it's not big ideas it's sort of getting by day to day that's so important but anyway um
2: well you know and um it's it's pretty incredible how fast uh the party's growing and especially how fast it's growing among young people um, we just had a.
1: mean you know, the Communist Party? Communist Party.
2: Huh? Yes. Communist party
1: yeah. So our listeners understand what we're talking about. <laughs> oh, like,
2: yeah, yeah, right, 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 right. Um, We just had a the party here just had a, a state meeting, and there were like six new clubs of young people around the state. Now they're not very big yet; they're five or six people like that. But they're beginning to get more and more people come to meetings and stuff like that. Right. And the other thing that I think moves in this direction is that the the the, the real real serious decline in anti-communism in the labor movement. Um, you know, it's it's just um, it, it, it's just staggering how much, how many unions are just you know that doesn't bother them anymore. You know, like in my case, the steelworkers. Um, Everybody knows my politics and I was proposed by the national leadership of the union. Um, I was nominated by them to be the vice president, the international vice president of our retiree organization. And they really wanted me to do it. And I mean, that's, <laughs> when I joined the Steelworkers it wasn't like that.
1: <laughs> no, that's true.
2: Well, so, um, I mean, it, it's not well. Just let me year. say the same thing it from DIO is more like that.
1: Let me say the same thing from a different direction. For example, yeah. if you look at the past, uh, well, actually, most of the past fifty years, you see over time, you'll see that, with a few exceptions, the ratio of independents to people associated with either party keeps in, increasing, and recently, mm-hmm. you know, and. In, in, there's been a couple of times when the share of the affiliated was flipping one way or the other with the Democrats were usually a little bit ahead right but not a lot. Well so now just in this particular phase like for example the Democratic Party in uh, West Virginia has weakened up so that it is not fielding candidates for way over half the available seats, way over half. And the voters are have moved from even five years ago being a majority registered Democrat to now a majority independent. And of the remaining, the Republicans are slightly ahead. Uh, but the De- independents are currently voting. They're not, they voted for Bernie, but they didn't yeah. vote for uh, Hillary, or yeah. they, they didn't, and they didn't, and they didn't vote for Biden.
2: Yeah.
1: So I, it, I, you know, so you that, but the fact, and so, and so my friend Karen Valentine, we have we host this, this little local show. We went to the county commission where the what's left, a couple of a, a Democrat who's some kind of owns a bought a whole bunch of farm property and wants to convert it to a solar farm. But other than that, appears to be just a complete opportunist. Two Trumpers um, and another couple of people that don't seem to have they don't they're, so, they're learning about government. They never were taught civics. And so they, they don't know how to, they're, they're out of order. Most of the time. <laughs> so we're going there, and, I, and me and my friend, we're, look, we're looking at this setup here, and the level of incompetence, you know, is stunning. Uh, they can't get through the minutes, right? They can't uh, agree on an agenda. They can't approve the previous minutes. All right, they can't follow any rules of order when they're deciding who's going to be the president. <laughs> the three, the three of them, they're supposed to vote amongst themselves. They vote. They just line up and they start yelling at each other. And it's it's like you're watching, you know, Art Carney and uh, Ralph Crandon in The Honeymooners. Um, I, I I kid you not. And I so I'm saying to myself, you know, I mean. I'm blaming myself, you know, a group of 10 organizers that are halfway competent could drive a truck through this whole thing, okay? Just yeah. on a program of decent governance. <laughs> and so that is also maybe a new environment, not everywhere. I'm sure there's places where the, the setup is hanging together better than here. But um, still, uh, it's an opportunity, right? Um, in a way for independent politics to uh reassert its program but at a but you 've got to be ready to uh you know step into a uh a mess that has become pretty ugly um, yeah. right i mean uh, and uh people aren 't but there are people who have no interest in negotiations <laughs> there's nothing to they don't want to negotiate any of it um so yeah. so yeah it should be an opportunity for um either you know to move
2: what, what's what's up with the labor movement in west virginia with the mine workers in the yeah, uh, well
1: we're going to find out of course this the the beginning of our legislative session is the most active period okay so and i think well we're scheduled to go down next week uh and spend four days uh meeting with all of our representatives at the legislature because it's only you know they only come into session like for nine weeks a year right yeah. okay and then they're it's a, anyway so we're gonna we're gonna find out um I mean, there's a lot of big issues in West Virginia. One is what's gonna happen to this hydrogen hub project and uh how's that yeah. and and will labor be able to satisfy the demand for work? That's yes mm-hmm. gonna be an issue because uh you know, you're trying to prevent, you know, I mean, it's was just saying, we don't, why are we going to have outside companies come in and do all the work and, blah, and all this kind of stuff? So, so as far as the trades in West Virginia, they're going to, it's a big deal about who's going to get that work. And mm-hmm. I'm sure that'll be part of it. Um, but, you know, a lot of the key issues take uh, reproductive rights. Um, yeah. Now, most of the women's folk groups, in West Virginia are very much in favor of that, and on the, but the polling is not that good um, and I'm not sure you know, there's a lot of things you could questions you could ask about the polls or this or that, but you know when you hear Mansion or the other some of the other uh mainstream Democrats of whom there's not too many left um, the you know, they'll 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 say, Well, the polls don't favor choice. And I I'm not sure. But you know, so you get back step on that and then of course uh, on energy. I mean, a lot of people want uh you know, Cecil's support and a lot of and he and he would like to give people, I think, more support. But you know, uh most people when they tip their hat to uh yes we should have a just transition um some of them don't know what they're talking about yeah. I'm, I'm sorry they don't and um and and so that that ends up with you know uh well, I mean, we, you know, the mine workers—they got a choice. I mean, yeah, the choice is: what can they get from joining all this big movement? And two, and two: what can they get from the coal companies? You know, what level of pressure gets them whatever they got to get? Because that's the only source of money to them, really. Uh, yeah. It's what they can extract from those guys. So it—it it, it ends up being, you know, the usual tug of war. But I think what? the problem is there's just a weakness in the um, the way the environmental question is. Posed. I mean you got to make a commitment if you mean leave no one behind you gotta mean it you got to you can't just say if it turns into you know just words word salad you know it just you, you can't break through the uh suspicion yeah without that
2: you know i'm I'm thinking when you go and have this to that, uh, meeting. Our
1: legislative conference. Yeah.
2: Legislative conference. Uh, I think that would be a good topic for one of these shows. Oh, yeah. What, yeah. what you, you know, what you hear up there and stuff like that. You know, I don't know if Cecil will be there or, or what. Oh, he will. You know, the, <laughs> oh, yes. Cecil you know, yes, will be there. <laughs> well, I think one of the issues, um, you might even ask him if he'd be on the show i will i'm not sure it's a, it's a good opportunity I'm not I'm not, sure. well he, he
1: he he doesn't uh he's not bashful
2: no so. no and, and uh he won't well, remember good. me but i've talked to him several times and shook his hand and he's very open and, and talkative and stuff but one of the things i was thinking about to ask him about is okay this uh what'd you call it the um uh the the underground source of energy
1: Oh the hub oh. the hydrogen hub,
2: I, hydrogen hub. <laughs> yeah, um, <right. laughs> are they going to organize the hydrogen hub? Well, the commitments they have the from
1: mansion is that if as far i don't know I don't think all the rules have been written yet, and of course because you know because remember this money, this billion dollars is also going to supposed to be matched by people who want to the producers that want to get involved but anyway yes the uh, the big question mansion put to the leadership was can you supply this labor
2: mm.
1: and um that's i mean that's what they reported that's what they report um so i don't know the assumption is is that if they can bid for enough of the jobs and get it together then uh mansion would help support him but he's not going to be in office past uh, this year because he's not running for uh, senate again um, but nonetheless he's, he's had a big role in deciding how all that money is going to be spent in the state so right.
2: you know but, but Cecil it would be really good to know what he's thinking about about how to organize those workers and, and how they're going to approach that question That's right, I think he's, that would be a really right. good topic uh, but i
1: think him and the steel workers would be the only yeah. two that would be really um in a position uh, in the state to do wow. it e- and either it w- would work with either but um you know I'll there's you, a lot I'll, of i'll, I'll be ahead. in
2: touch with the steel workers and find out what they're talking about yeah. about this
1: and there's cuz the, the, the Appalachians hubs is one you know there's also a big one right in the state of washington mm-hmm. and uh it's oh, five around the country they're going to be yeah. but this one's yeah. going to come early because it it kind of merges with you know biden's pitch to get you know more support out of appalachia right i mean really yeah. you have to do something about um uh,
2: yep.
1: investment in the area so i i you yeah. know we can hope for the best but the political crisis in the country is just growing and uh not getting smaller
2: mm.
1: and and that you know puts everything i mean you you don't know at any moment you know some externality so called <laughs> it's not really yeah. external but it's so called externality yeah. uh comes like, in and clobbers you you know everybody um, i don't know
2: yeah <laughs> So, you got our work cut out for us.
1: Yes, it's, we do. And uh but I'm glad to hear about all the young people, Scotty. That's great, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, I need to do something here. But uh, yeah. we had a good bunch of people, but then for some reason they all when the pandemic hit we went bye bye.
2: Yeah, that well that was a big blow all over. Yeah,
1: there's um, no doubt about that. And but again So I, I need I so- need to set up a table at the college again yeah. I'm sure I could get some people But
2: uh. well, and you know what there's, there's um, one of the things that's very interesting to me too is that there is less and less um, there's more cooperation between organizations that are calling for socialism than I've ever seen um, it used to be very competitive oh this is ultra left oh that is not is too mild and stuff like that but more and more you're seeing cooperation on projects and stuff like that. And I think that's an important thing too. I think could be it's because,
1: huh? It could be if we can figure out a way to, um, we need to get more folks that actually, and I think the, only, I think the, the reasonable place to go really is local government. Um, yeah. You need first of all you got to be you got to be close to the rank and file, you know, if you're in the left socialist or communist or whatever, uh, yeah. you know, labels. If you're not close to the rank and file, they don't know you. Um, right. you know, and there are all kinds of people trying to tell somebody that so and so's because they have some label or whatever that they're yeah, they can't be trusted. Um, yeah. you know, uh well, you could, so I I think that's I think, and also, there's something about, at the local level, when you don't have that much money, like, for example, in Jefferson County, the only taxable income you're going to get is property tax or a bond mm-hmm. issue if you want to borrow money. And in order to get a bond issue, in most of these county governments, you've got to have a nearly, you know, four-fifths or 80 percent or 100 percent agreement to borrow money on a bond, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the banks don't even like it that much, you know. If you have any kind of division at all, because um, right. it means you might some new regime might not pay them. <laughs> so, yeah. but but so you don't have that much money, which means you know your ability to organize the community. Right. In some ways, you know, is. You need, you need that. You need volunteerism. You need people acting out of solidarity, out of, uh, you know, shared rights, shared responsibilities. I mean, that, that ethos has to kind of help right. solve some actual problems, you know, rather than, because um, you're not going to be able to go in and, and say, oh, oh we're going to tax... We're gonna immediately. We're gonna go get all the millionaires in the community, and you know, put an excise tax on them. Um, yeah. And the court's gonna not gonna let you do that, right? So, but but point is, you, 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 so it's complicated, right? You're, yeah. but you but but if you prove that you can you can get shit done, you can yeah. people can help each other better, then you get a good rep, you get a yeah. reliable rep. And people know who you are, um, so I think that it, we had to maybe focus a little bit more there. Um, I mean, you're not going to be able to handle all the the big ideas instantly. But I, right, boy, I, I, it blew my mind going to that county commission meeting. I went to one by I used to cover it when I had the the college radio station. We used to go in I don't know, once a month, and we had two supporters that were on our program all the time from the County Commission. And it was kind of wild then too. big arguments about development and everything like that. but it was, they were governing, you know, they yeah. reached an agreement, they didn't rat on each other. They didn't start calling each other names in the middle. Of yeah. <laughs> so, uh, but now no, no, this is the honeymooners all the way. Wild so I think we yeah I, 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 yeah Go ahead. no I just it's just things like a, a good move for local radicals and stuff to be able to make to um I mean you could run for Congress and, and get general all the positions out there but are you really yes. you're probably going to lose and are you are you going to get a how how much of the base and if you got elected you know, like suppose you come from a group that really in a real life has about 100 members and by some happen chance you get elected senator, <laughs> right? And some yeah. thing, you're gonna go in there and there are these 90, these whatever, what's, what is it? 99 others, right? And the whole arrangement of interests and power and stuff and all the institutions of government, and you look back to your 100 people and say, where are, uh, where are the guns, pal? <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I think you got to somehow get... But it's happening. I think it's happening. Uh, there's it enough is. dysfunction in the old system that... Um, and I see. Well, here here's another example. The FLCIO. I mean, I'm very skeptical about this. This in West Virginia, but on the even though I, I don't think they have much choice uh, in some ways. So I, I don't, So I agree with them. And while well, I don't feel comfortable, and that is, they're going to try to get more Republicans to endorse than. Uh, Democrats, because the Democrats have no power to either go for or even stop anything in West Virginia mm-hmm. right now so and so but I can, we can have this discussion so well what is it that they 're going to do for us you know sir mean can we make a list or what what do we have to to find such and such republican what do we what 's some minimum thing that we have to get the what do they have to agree to and uh right um, you know, and so we, we kinda came up with uh well you gotta pay the insurance bills of the state employees, which they're currently uh kinda not doing. Um but Really Well the cutting coverage under the seams by changing carriers all the time and mm. you know, so when they do that, what well, turns out that uh you know the uh people go to the bank and uh, you know they can't get <laughs> you know the, the fact that the, the not the bank to their doctor and the fact that the coverage has changed means is that well you know they're not going to get this this operation covered and that thing that they al- that already were in the middle of some procedure they were halfway through now is not being paid for and so you know the grievances start to foul up but in West Virginia there's no official collective bargaining yet the union can use the state grievance procedure to resolve grievances. It's weird, it's a legacy thing mm-hmm. from Robert Burt, um, <clears throat> But, you know, you see the, uh, it, so it gets complicated, uh, but we'll see. I don't know whether you're gonna be able to find any. Uh, I mean, certainly the, the Trumpers are so all off the wall on most everything. I mean, it, when you get past Jesus, uh, intelligent design and uh stacking the courts um they don't have any interest in anything else oh I'm cutting their taxes of course yeah but
2: <laughs> you know another interesting thing that's going on now um it really describing fascism and talking about fascism Is much more in the central conversations. And one of the incredible things to me is that on the liberal-leaning TV channels, CNN, MSNBC, there are now open discussions about what fascism really is and calling things fascist. And that opens up people to think, I mean, used to be when you say fascism, people say, oh, that was the Nazis, I don't know anything about that. But now that people <laughs> now they are do. actually <laughs> saying that, yeah, and now that there are people actually saying that there's a threat of fascism and acknowledging that, um, that opens up a whole lot of doors too for discussion and for movement, I think.
1: It does, I, but just, uh, what I'm door does it, it I'll tell you the door it opens for me is, um and i've lost my uh affection for the two-party system yeah <laughs> i mean i i especially have a problem for example with uh lecturing china or any other country i don't care whether it's china any well you have a, a one you have a one party authoritarian dictatorship and um and then you look back here and, and, and you say, well, what are you saying, Joe? If they had if they invited the Republican Party to set up shop, they'd be uh, what would they be then? <laughs> they'd be OK. Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Sure. Xi Jinping said, why don't you come just set up operation and run for office over here, you know, with Trump. Trump can be president <laughs> of this country, too.
2: <laughs> right. I don't think so well you know he'd probably do
1: that he, well he'd probably take yes he, of course he would come
2: on come on well we want to show you something but
1: yeah man I, can i get a thousand hotels out of it all over the uh yeah. continent <laughs> can you put some money in my caribbean account you know yeah you know i'm sure he
2: well has- i mean he Trump has already talked about it. He wants to be friends with Russia. He wants to be friends with China. He wants, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, so, you know, it's interesting though. See, he's pers- he's pursuing, at least openly, uh, what, what he really wants, who knows, uh, but an isolationist course, which, it, you know, has two sides to it. On one hand, yeah. it could be a leap to a very aggressive, you know, um, confrontational kind of situation. On the other, it could be a sign that a a big part of capital, people that might not, you know, I mean, I I think there's people that agree with this part, that the isolationism, like for example, we're paying for the entire military cost of defending for Europe, or 80% of it, and uh, what do we get for it? We get trouble, okay? and we're not able to handle that trouble. We, get, we have this all this investment and stuff in uh, you know, all these institutions and everything like that, but actually, relatively speaking, the U.S. is declining in power. Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, um, that, 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 that's some interesting parallels there, of course, with other imperial, Type regimes, and I don't think you can argue that Absolutely. the United States has not been a virtual empire, especially through its corporate, you know, extensions all over the yeah. world. Yep. Well, you I mean, yeah, for example, uh, what happens when you can't maintain that empire? You know, how do you retreat from it? You know, um, right. or can one retreat from it? Um, you know, the British mm-hmm. did but it happened because of military defeat effectively in two right. wars if mm-hmm. you think about it right they lost their empire i mean uh when roosevelt said no i'm not going to send troops to let you keep india that was a big disappointment yeah. for roosevelt for uh churchill right and but now i don't know yeah. man it's um let think about russia okay when the czar got sucked into world war one right and won't get yep. out can't get out even though the troops have no shoes no guns and, right. and are marching back home you know uh, and uh yep. turns out all the revolutionaries you put into the garrisons in prison are now what's remains of your army yeah. <laughs> right. you know That's and right. so you end up with this uh but, but, at no point did the czar become a liberal.
2: Yeah.
1: It, they never backed up.
2: John, you know. I, I hate to say this. We 10 go. o'clock. It's got to another go. I got meeting.
1: I know. Yeah. All right, buddy. A good time. All right. Anyway, yep. labor okay. beat today on www.enlightenradio.org at uh, player.enlightenradio.org. And it's late, but everything comes next. Take care, Scotty. See you next week. JB will be back. He's flying all over South America.